Information discussed in this podcast may be sensitive in nature to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Heidi Plank, a loving mother and a friend to many, was living a comfortable life in Los Angeles, California. She was still friendly with her ex-husband, and together they were raising their son. Heidi and her ex, Jim, had divorced back in 2012. In 2015, Heidi suffered a psychotic break of sorts, but under a doctor's care, would seem to get better. In 2021, Heidi was a financial controller and lived in a multi-million dollar townhouse in downtown Los Angeles. She doted on her son, she loved her pet dog that she took everywhere, and she was dating an executive with Facebook Charities, a man who lived in San Francisco. On October 17, 2021, Heidi drove to Downey, California to watch her son's flag football game. She met her ex-husband there, and they planned to watch the game together. But Heidi was extremely distracted, and by halftime, she told Jim that she had to leave. This was abnormal behavior for her, and he was somewhat concerned. That evening, he texted her to check in, but received no response. He texted her again on October 18th, and by October 19th, he was extremely worried. When she didn't show up to pick up their son on October 20th as planned, and he couldn't track her down anywhere, Jim reported Heidi as missing. Heidi hasn't been seen or heard from since. Where is Heidi Sue Plank? some help and the reason why I'm doing this today is uh, for uh, a little bit of uh, public appeal. We need the public to understand. We still need a little bit of help. We know for sure that there are people out there who know what has happened, who know the truth about what's, what's gone on with Heidi. We need somebody to step forward and please fill in some of the blanks. We know that LAPD is doing everything they can. The Homicide Division has worked very, very hard on this. Uh, They've worked with me. They've worked with their friends. They've worked with the the building downtown. And we need some, some answers. But we know for sure that there are some people that are not coming forward that know the know the truth. I think most of you now know that I have an 11-year-old boy at home. Our 11-year-old boy needs to know what has happened to his mom. 
And that's why I'm making appeal to the to the press today to say we need some help. Hello and welcome back to the Where Are They podcast and another mysterious unsolved missing person case. This case did come recommended by a listener and I have to say the more I dug into it, the stranger it became. There would be two very different theories that would arise in her case, both seeming to have merit and both seeming to have evidence pointing in their direction. But only one theory could be correct, right? Not both. Or is there another alternate theory altogether? As a quick reminder, if you do have a case suggestion for me, please send it over via social media or email me anytime at canwefindthem at gmail.com. You can find the links to our socials in the show notes. This episode is partnered with the Robinhood app. We'll hear more on them shortly. Now let's get right into the case of Heidi Plank. Heidi Sue Plank was born in Buffalo, New York in 1983 and would eventually make the cross-country move to Los Angeles, California. Now, we don't know much about her life growing up, and there's a lot to unpack here with her disappearance, so we are going to fast forward to 2008. In 2008, Heidi married a Los Angeles successful hairstylist by the name of Jim Wayne. Their marriage was a bit rocky throughout the next few years, from what Jim would describe as some mental struggles that Heidi had, along with some substance abuse issues that she had developed. Heidi had been prescribed Adderall, and it's believed that she likely developed an addiction in the process of taking those meds. Two years after getting married, Heidi and Jim would have a boy that they would name Bond, and Heidi was a very doting mother. Overall, she was always known as an extremely generous person, always helping others, and being that involved mom that other women admired and looked up to. But Heidi was still having some struggles behind closed doors. In 2012, in part due to some of these issues, Jim and Heidi would divorce. They would continue to parent their son together, but when Heidi's mental state went downhill a few years later, a custody issue would arise. In 2015, Heidi had what some would call a mental break. She had ransacked her son's bedroom, jumped out the window, and started climbing over fences and jumping on the roofs of neighbors' houses, until finally a neighbor called the police and Heidi was taken to the hospital. After some treatment and some time, Heidi seemed to be doing better. She began working as a financial controller for a company called Camden Capital Partners. Now, a lot of Heidi's story and disappearance does require us to talk a bit about her work with this company, but to be honest, it's quite the rabbit hole. It was reported that Heidi began as an assistant for this company, but worked her way up to financial controller. Her salary for the company was $145,000 per year. Now, remember these little details because you'll understand their importance soon. Heidi also began dating a man up in San Francisco, a man who worked as an executive for Mark Zuckerberg's Facebook charity project. Things seemed to be going very well for Heidi. What we would learn in 2021, however, is that some things might have been happening behind the scenes with regards to this company that Heidi was working for, 
What we don't know is what she knew and what she didn't know about those details. Some of the details about what was happening would come out after her disappearance. So we will circle back around to that. The Disappearance In 2021, Heidi had a townhouse in the mid-city part of Los Angeles. She adored her son, and her and Jim were able to co-parent bond together. He was now an 11-year-old active and growing boy. On Sunday afternoon, October 17th, 2021, Heidi drove down to Downey, California for her son's flag football game. Heidi met Jim there, and they planned to watch the game together. Downey, California is about a 30-minute drive south from Heidi's mid-city Los Angeles neighborhood. Jim and some other friends at the game noticed that Heidi was acting strange. She seemed very distracted, and by halftime, she told them that she needed to leave. She didn't give any reasons why, and no one really pressed her for answers, but they did think it was odd. Heidi took her dog, Seven, hopped in her new Range Rover, and drove off. Jim was a little concerned, especially with Heidi's history of strange behavior that happened every once in a while. He hoped this wasn't a sign of something to come. What he didn't know yet is that this was definitely a sign of something, but a sign of what? Later that evening, Jim texted Heidi to ask if everything was all right. The next day, with still no answer from Heidi, Jim texted once again. And now two days later, on October 19th, Jim still hadn't heard from Heidi. He sent her another message saying that he was worried about her and he needed her to get in touch with him right away and let him know that she was okay. Heidi was scheduled to pick up their son Bond on October 20th. And when she didn't show and Jim still couldn't reach her, it was Jim that would finally report Heidi as missing. The search and investigation. The search for Heidi would begin and her family and friends would be notified of her disappearance, but no one had any information that could help anyone find Heidi. Not only was Heidi unaccounted for, but so was her Range Rover and so was her dog, Seven. Police first tried to use GPS to locate her. They tried through her phone, they tried through her Apple Watch, and her vehicle. But all of those sources had had the GPS deactivated. They went to Heidi's townhouse, but everything there looked normal also. Her work laptop and her cell phone were there, but nothing else looked out of place or abnormal in any way. Heidi's boyfriend in San Francisco was located, and while he wasn't even in town, He did say that on Friday, Heidi had told him that she was scared of someone or something, and she asked if he could come to Los Angeles for the weekend, but he said that he couldn't because he had prior work commitments. It was never known who or what she was scared of. Since using Heidi's GPS wasn't an option, Jim had another idea. He called the company that had microchipped Seven to see if maybe they could track the dog through that microchip which could help lead them to Heidi. And while that wasn't an option, he did learn through that phone call that the dog had actually been found and picked up somewhere already. 
They learned that Heidi's dog had been found wandering alone on the 28th floor of a luxury downtown Los Angeles apartment building. The dog had actually been found on October 17th or 18th, which was right after Heidi vanished. The thing with this apartment building is it was said to have top-notch security. So certainly a dog couldn't just wander into a secured apartment building in downtown Los Angeles and get to the 28th floor. So authorities started to look for CCTV footage in the area, and they did find some video footage that showed Heidi walking with Seven on a leash. It was right outside this apartment building. It was the evening of October 17th at 6.22 p.m. So it was shortly after she left her son's football game. During this time, Heidi's ex, Jim, believed that her disappearance might have had something to do with her work, her company, and a man by the name of Jason Sugarman. Jason Sugarman was the man who initially hired Heidi to work as an assistant in Camden Capital Partners, where she would later become the financial controller. Camden Capital Partners. The company details behind Camden Capital Partners is a bit confusing. It was believed that Heidi hired in at Camden to originally be an assistant. She was then promoted to be the financial controller. But in 2021, when Heidi vanished, the company was actually registered to Heidi into Heidi's personal address, meaning it was showing as completely being Heidi's company. And there were zero employees with Camden Capital Partners. It was just Heidi. Jason Sugarman, who it was believed had started this company, would be arrested and charged with some financial crimes involving fraud of Native American tribes. Allegedly, Sugarman stole over $43 million. So does that have anything to do with the odd circumstances around this company now being only in Heidi's name? What was Jason's role now? Looking at Heidi's finances, something else also wasn't adding up. Her salary was listed at $145,000 a year, a decent salary, but she showed no other signs of income. She didn't receive any alimony or child support and yet was able to afford a $2 million townhome, a $90,000 Range Rover, and live a very comfortable, luxurious life. This caused some people to raise some eyebrows, as I'm sure you can imagine. The details of Jason's relationship with Heidi aren't exactly clear either, but a day after Heidi went missing, Jason was seen on surveillance knocking on Heidi's door. When she didn't answer, he left a bag of pastries at her door and left. Later, when questioned about that, Jason said that he needed Heidi's work laptop. When he was told that Heidi was missing, Authorities said he didn't really seem upset or bothered by it at all. Rather, he said that he thinks Heidi stole money and ran off with it, which is why he needed the laptop. But he refused to press charges against her, however, leaving people to speculate on the reasons why. Number one, the money that Heidi might have stolen was obtained illegally to begin with, and Jason didn't want to draw attention to that. Or number two, Heidi didn't steal any money at all, and that was just an excuse for him to get his hands on the laptop and draw attention away from himself. 
They did not give Jason her laptop, however. It was kept as police evidence. Now, before we look at the second possible motive or theory in Heidi's disappearance, possibly completely unrelated to Jason Sugarman and Camden Capital Partners, let's have a quick word about our partner today, Robinhood. If you are a stock market newbie and don't want to invest thousands of dollars to get started, Robinhood is the perfect solution. Robinhood allows you to start investing with as little as a few dollars. It's a perfect way to start learning and to start your journey to wealth. When stocks are down, it's the perfect time to buy cheap. Simply download the secure Robinhood app, deposit a few dollars and find a stock to invest in. I've been on Robinhood for a few years now and started with putting in just $5 a week and buying into a stock. I've done some trades, made some money, and built a portfolio along the way. It's been a great way to learn the market and invest some money, earning money. And what's even better, use our link in the show notes and you'll receive a completely free stock valued anywhere from $5 to $200 per share. Don't be scared of the stock market. Get in now while prices are low and sell in the future later when prices are high. Invest in yourself. Again, you'll find the link to the Robinhood app in our show notes, and we'll share the link for you as well over on social media. Hope and Flower Apartment Building The Hope and Flower Apartment Building is located right in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. This is the building where Heidi's dog, Seven, was found wandering around on the 28th floor and very near where she was seen on surveillance footage. But what was she doing there? In a strange series of events, two women went to the apartment building to look around on their own. They were unrelated to the case other than they were just interested and baffled by the story of Heidi's disappearance and wanted to go check it out themselves. They began talking to a woman who lived there in the building, and this woman had quite a story to tell. Now, I'm sure you're thinking we cannot just believe random people telling stories. And I agree. And it initially sounded just like that to me. I was ready to blow it off. But there would be evidence and clues, and the LAPD would also come forward with some belief that what they are saying is a very likely scenario based on some evidence that they uncovered. The story that the apartment resident told was that a party was happening on the night of October 17th. It was happening on the 40th floor of the building. It was some type of cryptocurrency gambling party, and there was also alcohol, drugs, and strippers, and it sounds like it was just a crazy party for a Sunday night. The woman said that during the party, Heidi had been taking Adderall and had likely taken some Adderall laced with fentanyl and overdosed. She said that Heidi had collapsed while dancing on the makeshift dance floor they had, and partygoers did try to resuscitate her, but they were unsuccessful. Not wanting to call the police and get themselves in trouble for all of the illegal stuff that was happening, they decided to put her body in the trash chute on the 40th floor, which they did. But then her body got stuck in the trash chute around the 18th floor. Apparently, there was some discussion and a few people had to come together and help to get her body unstuck. 
Now, while this woman was telling this story, a building concierge approached her, allegedly fearful that she was talking. He forcefully made her leave and told her to shut up, leaving some to think that a lot of people in that building might have been aware of what happened that night, including this building concierge. Police would never really come out and say much as far as what evidence they do all have from the building. But it was credible enough that they would spend time searching a landfill, the landfill that was associated with that apartment building. And although they wouldn't find anything, they would then come out and state that they believe that there was foul play and that Heidi is likely deceased. Police have allegedly also stated that there are at least five people who know what happened to Heidi, but no arrests have ever been made. So does this mean that Jason Sugarman was not involved in her disappearance after all and all of those financial crimes and fraud and embezzlement was kind of unrelated to Heidi's disappearance? Or is Jason maybe somehow connected to this party? Or is the party the red herring that has nothing to do with her disappearance at all? Also worth noting is that a few weeks after Heidi disappeared, on November 4th, her Range Rover was found in a parking garage for a building located a few doors down from the Hope and Flower apartment complex. It is not known what, if any, clues were found in or around the car. Downtown Los Angeles Downtown Los Angeles is one of the most populated cities in the United States. If something had happened at Hope and Flower, as some believe, and if she was put in the trash chute, she would have ended up at the Kastiak Landfill, which was searched. Hope and Flower is on West 12th Street, located in between South Hope and Flower Street, hence the name of the building. It is located in the heart of downtown Los Angeles, between the financial district, and the fashion district. It looks like this complex consists of two high-rise towers, and only one tower went up to 40 floors. Now, this alleged party on the night of October 17th was said to be on the 40th floor, which, according to the Hope and Flower website, is the penthouse suite. So what was Heidi's connection to this apartment? Some rumors say that she was dating someone that lived in the building but that is contrary to reports about her dating someone in San Francisco. Or did she have other friends there? She was known to have had previous addictions and problems with Adderall, so the story of her taking Adderall that could have been laced with fentanyl does seem believable. And this party was allegedly a drug-fueled kind of rave. The apartment complex is only about four miles from her townhome in the mid-city area of Los Angeles. But really, all of this information still leaves us with a bunch of questions. If this was just an accidental overdose at the penthouse party, as many do believe, why did Heidi happen to just text her boyfriend the Friday before, asking him to come down to Los Angeles because she was scared? Was that just a coincidence that she would then overdose a couple days later? And what happened while she was at her son's football game that caused her to be so distracted and to leave so abruptly at halftime? 
There's also a lot of questions about how she was funding her lifestyle and what was the real story behind Camden Capital Partners and Jason Sugarman. There's also the question of Heidi's Range Rover. Who parked it there? Was it Heidi? Was it someone else? Were any fingerprints or evidence or CCTV footage of who drove that car into that parking area ever found? Heidi's family has put up a website at findheidiplank.com where they do push for leads, tips, and they will post updates. They also have a random act of kindness initiative, an initiative to do something kind for someone in honor of Heidi. Police do believe that Heidi likely met with foul play and it is the homicide division now investigating Heidi's case. Heidi is described as a Caucasian woman, about five foot three inches tall, and weighing around 120 pounds when she was last seen on October 17th, 2021. She has blondish brown hair and blue eyes. Heidi was 38 years old when she vanished and would today be 39. Anyone with any information at all is asked to contact the Los Angeles Police Department at 213-486-6840 or the Los Angeles Regional Crime Stoppers Anonymous tip line at 1-800-222-TIPS. Curious to know which theory you all think has more merit in this case, the financial crime possibilities or the party at the high-rise penthouse? Or do you think they could even be connected? Thank you all so much for listening to Heidi's story today. Her friends and family are still fighting for answers and media coverage for her case has all but stopped completely. She has now been missing a year and a half and someone has to know something. A favor, if you have made it this far into the show and appreciate our case coverage, please consider giving us a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice and or over on our Facebook page as well. If you have any feedback or case suggestions, you can send that to canwefindthem at gmail.com or of course, anytime over on social media. Our latest Patreon series is Missing on Campus, Missing College Students. You can join our detective group at Patreon via the link in the show notes. Those episodes will also be available a week or two after they are published on Patreon to our podcast subscribers as well. So you do have two ways you can get those bonus episodes. A huge thank you to everyone supporting the show already. And a big thank you, of course, to the Robinhood app. Please consider giving them a try. The link will be in the show notes as well. And you can get a free stock worth up to $200 just by using that link. Please share Heidi's story any way that you can. It's time for another push in the media to help her family and friends get the answers that they need, they deserve, especially Heidi's young son. We will be back again very soon with another Unsolved Missing Person episode. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.